welcome to two old guys on the back porch here to brighten your day and spice up your night. I am Steve Scotch, and as always, we have the lovely and talented Cat. That's C-A-T, carrying the torch. Cat, what's happening? Hey, how y'all doing? We can be found on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all your premier podcast platforms. We've got two shout-outs today. One is Washington, D.C., a uh, place Steve and I like to go visit for the weekend. Anyway, uh, you know everything about D.C., but one fact you probably don't know is that the folks in D.C. drink more wine per capita than any other state. Our other shout-out is Sun City, Florida, home of the 2,400 Little Manatee River Park, one of the most pristine swamp habitats in Florida, giving y'all a big cheer. As you should know by now, alcohol is always here on the back porch. You know, I only drink on two occasions. One is when I'm thirsty, and one is when I'm not. Oh, Lord. Today I'm doing shots of Maker's Mark. Maker's Mark, one of my favorite bourbons. I take a shot, and then I chase it with that good old Mountain Dew. Been doing it for years. Not going to change. Cat, what you got? I have uh, part of the Christmas spirit. I have some Grinchmas juice. In a nice festive holiday And a very glass. nice festive chili, chili glass, a little penguin oh, action. Sounds sweet like you, babe. Thanks, doll. All right, today we're going to take another roadie, another road trip. But we're really not going to go that far. We're just going to go to the shopping mall. Now, back in our day, the mall especially in the teenage years, it was like just something cool to do, right? Just walk around, check out the hot chicks. What was your favorite mall to go to? Regency. We only had one. Well, okay. you had Eastgate, didn't you? Is that a mall or not? It's east side of town, you know. That's my <laughs> peeps over there. And that's but funny. It's you rough. and I never ran into each other because no. that was my mall to go to. Like I said, we just go just to do something, you know, walk around. Go in the record store. That's right, y'all. Malls had oh record God. stores in them back then. Go to the store. Was it Sam Goody? What, what was the record store you would go to? Uh, that could have been it. Go to the store that sold the cool clothes. Uh, hit what the was food that, court. What was that called? Up Against the Wall? Uh, yeah, Up Against the Wall. Had all your punk stuff, you know, because we were punks back then. And, of course, the food court, right? Get a right. slice of pizza, Esparo. Get the big pretzel from, was it Auntie Anne's or something? Right. Chase that with uh, Mrs. Fields' chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> Hit the Cinnabon. All your, you know. all your food pyramid right there, yeah. right? I don't know. For some reason, we always had the munchies when we got there. I don't know why. <laughs> but, you know, good thing we're going to the mall today because it might not be there tomorrow. There's... Word on the street is these things are starting to disappear. We've lost a couple around here. There's this prediction that over 25% of malls across America are going to bite it over the next few few years. Now, let's look at it. There's a 1,000 shopping malls in the United States with 250 of them being rated as like A-level malls. 
Okay, so we have 250 good malls and 750 eh, whatever malls. And I'm sure that the one problem that's happening to these malls, you know, it's the same old song and dance. The song has is, is been written and recorded by Amazon, right? Right, yeah. Foot can... traffic is, is creeping down to nothing. And the other problem is there's too many malls. Like you were just talking about, what mall did we go to? We only had like one or two right. out here. I mean, now you can throw a rock. When I was a little and, kid, the only mall that was in the area was Cloverleaf. And we used to go there a few times before Regency was opened up. Yeah. It's, you know, when when there's so many malls to go to, then there's really nothing special about it. Right. Now, you know, I, I, I am tired of hearing about things closing down. You know, this restaurant, that restaurant, this mall, that store. We need to hear some good things about well, new know. places opening up. Some businesses, that like restaurants, some they're they're cyclical. They're only like they only have so many years before they're gonna eventually bite it. Bite it. Just just because of taste, you know, not everybody's taste tastes the same. Right. Like I said, I hate to blame the end of the world on Amazon, but it seems like we do that on these podcasts all the time. You can just sit in front of the laptop. Click add to cart and bam, it's on your front porch. Hey, Amazon was here today. How about that? You know, but just make sure you get your package before the uh, porch pirates get it first. It's, you know, let's look at it like this. If you can click the mouse, why get up? Which, that was a song by the fabulous, fabulous Thunderbirds. Why get up? Check that song out. That's an awesome song. You know, I heard Walmart is starting to have issues. So they've, of course, this is nothing new. They've been in this game for a while. They saw what Amazon was doing. I see Walmart trucks riding around now trying to deliver stuff. That That's, you know. Well, I mean, the few things I've bought through the Walmart Internet platform, they are pretty quick. They, yeah, pretty, they yeah. come pretty quick. Plus, Walmart has a reputation of prices being cheap yeah uh, the quality of the product is also pretty cheap <laughs> but, hey, well depends dude, on what look, you're buying. people still do mail ordering you know ll bean lillian vernon j crew nordstrom wayfair the list goes on and on you just, oh, we're getting catalogs every day yeah i mean me and the wifey go to well we're we go to the big mall that, that's near us to eat every couple months or so. Well, we did. We did. We did. Uh, we had trouble over there, so, <laughs> so we pieced out of the restaurants at the mall. When, when, our, when our favorite restaurant looks like it's going tits up. I know. There was it, nothing. <laughs> this is a nice mall with nice, nice restaurants, and there's nobody in them. I mean, we just noticed this weeks away from Christmas. The mall was dead. I don't know. This used it, to be a place that a lot of people in the state, believe it or not, would come to, would make a weekend of going to go shopping there, which blows eh, both of our minds. But I don't you know. see anything special about it. You know, I don't know how the stores there are staying open. Now, there was a 
few stores there that have bailed, right? It seems like they've had a little turnover around there. The lower end stores have been replaced by these high dollar stores. Right. And I understand every mall, you know, has to have what they call their anchor store. Right. What what you want to go there for. Right. Now, there's a mall out here across the James River, and it has a Saks Fifth Avenue where you can go in there and pay $385 for a pair of socks. See, of course, they're designer socks. I, uh, do they think everybody was just going to pile off a river road and just sashay themselves on the down there? I, I'm scared of Saks Fifth Avenue. I've never been in there. I'm just... I'm scared I'm going in and look at the prices and just like pass right out. I mean, you know, it's a, looking at the $2,000 handbags. By the way, babe, you're not getting any of this for Christmas. And, Darn. Uh, you know, I could get you the $3,000 pantsuit. No, thank you. I don't know. The mall over here closest to us, you know, they got rid of this store. And then it's like an Ann Taylor's where you can pay $300 for an average looking sweater. You know, but hey, it's cashmere. I, you just... If you want cashmere, you got to pay. The point of the thing is these malls are kind of turning into these shopping options for people with large bank accounts. Okay, Average Joe is going to come out here to this big mall, walk around that thing once, laugh at the overpriced shit, and they're not coming back. And and I'm not blaming them. I mean, now... I think I just described myself. But anyway, let's let's brighten this story up a little bit and talk about some totally kick-ass malls. Of course, everybody knows about the Mall of America. I think it's in Bloomington, mm-hmm. Minnesota. Minnesota. That's def- Minnesota. Definitely worth a visit. The Mall of America, that thing has 520 stores and 50 restaurants. And it, here's the kicker. They got a like an indoor amusement park inside that thing, okay? And then right outside of Philadelphia, you got the King of Prussia right. Mall. That's got 400 stores in it. See, we ain't got none of that out here. We, we ain't even close to that. The Big Apple, they have this thing called the uh, Shops at Columbus Circle. Right. Uh, Top-end fashion stores. Uh, dining options that are off the chart. And Houston, Texas, where they have the Galleria. Now, this mall has two Macy's in it. Not one, but two. Now, it's, double your it's Macy's, got a Cart- double your fun. What is it? Cartier? Cartier? Cartier. Gucci, Tiffany's, Louis Vuitton. There's a freaking Weston Hotel inside this thing and an ice rink in Houston, Texas. I guess it's hard to keep that ice solid there in Houston. It's all under this big gigantic roof, the Galleria in Houston, Texas. Now, the air store out here has one Macy's, and it looks like it's about to bite it. It's, it's starting to look a little rough around there. Now, all these malls, and there are many more. Do you know any more that are like totally kick-ass malls? Well, it's the one, the American Dream Mall that opened October uh, oh, 20th. Oh, just opened in Jersey? Yeah. In Rother- East Rutherford, New Jersey, you know, near where the Meadowlands is, where you bet a lot and Everything's some other things. in Meadowlands. <laughs> we got football, horse racing, and now badass. Well, we need to go there on vacay. Oh, right. When the anyway, it opened October 2019, just in time for the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, it had it took twenty five years for them to build this humongous mall. Mm. It's the second largest mall in the United States with three million square feet. Uh it's I don't know, it had a lot of budget issues and financing issues. But it's open now. It has, let's see, the first place, it's got a indoor ski and snowboard park called the Big Snow. That's the one where you can put snow skis on and go down a hill in this place. Right. Yeah, right. that's awesome. Um, they've got a universal, Nickelodeon Universal theme park, a DreamWorks uh, water park, a Blacklight mini golf, Angry Birds mini golf. Ooh. They've got a Dream Wheel Ferris wheel. Awesome. They've got a Legoland Discovery Center, and they also have a um, the rink called it's called the rink, the ice skating rink. Mm-hmm. But one thing you need to bring if you're going to go to this mall, your wallet. Yeah. Okay. The theme part is ninety dollars <laughs> oh, for the all inclusive. Uh, the water park's a hundred bucks. Two hours of the big snow is fifty, and the parking is five to the crumbling parking lot. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have that many stores. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of what we call work walls with right. the white walls with the bad artwork all around. We've seen those before. And there's some businesses that have already died and not coming back. And the luxury. Already? Yeah. And they have like a luxury section there. It has a few stores, but very few shoppers in those stores. So uh, this, this one looks like... In, Unless you're just going there to go through the theme park and the water park and the Ferris wheel, there's not much else going on there. Yeah. Um, if there's any clue of what's going on, I mean, I was in what we call the short of pump today, and I went into two pig box stores, and they were booming. One of them, there was, you know, 10 people deep at the octogenarian cashier area there at the Hobby Lobby. But... At the same time today, my daughter was at the mall, and there was crickets. nobody there. Crickets. Yeah, it's not looking good. Crickets were involved. So, yeah. <laughs> I think if you're looking for a specific thing and you really want to look and touch and feel, and you've I got do. the cash to spend, right? The mall's probably a great place to be. But well, the mall. Look at it. You know, we're kind of leaning to. Like Kat just mentioned, the prices at this Jersey place. I mean, you got to take like eight hundred bucks in your pocket right. before you leave the and house. And you haven't spit anything on and, anything material, right? And you didn't even had lunch or bought the wifey a, a jacket or anything. But you know, I mean, the Ferris wheel was twenty nine dollars. The thing about the mall we get to is, it, at least if if you're trying to, we brought this up because it, of course it's Christmas time. You want to go shopping if you have the money. And go buy something for your loved ones, your friend, coworker, somebody. And if you if you're clueless and you just you don't know what to get, you know, you're around people that have everything. And what else can you get them? At least you walk around the mall. A little light bulb might come on. You know, like oh look at that! I didn't think about that. You know, so it's it's worth a trip just to trick around there and see if if something can pop up that you can get as a gift. Right. You know, again these these off-the-hook shopping malls. They're definitely worth a visit. But, you know, if you really want to put foot traffic at your shopping mall, put a casino in that joker. <laughs> ka <Ka-ching! laughs> All right, here's your 
history lesson from Steve. Oh, gosh. Do we have a soundbite for that? All right, the shopping mall's history started in, ni- in the 1950s. And from then until now, you know, it's not just a place to go buy things, but, but a place to hang out. You know, meet your friend. You know, you have a, you have a place where you live. You, you hopefully have a place where you work. You need another place. You know what I'm saying? Somewhere else to go. Besides the bar. And, well, don't count the bar out. And just, and just hang out. You know, it, the mall can fill a void just to go right, meet somebody right. there. To... You know, shit, go walk around. Go in the bookstore. Buy a book. You know, get a milkshake and, and call it a good day. You know, hopefully the shopping malls across the United States can turn this thing around. Uh, we hope. All right, let's roll right into one tough son of a bitch, and this is a tough one here. Charles Bronson. If you don't know who Charles Bronson is, look it up. I know you young bucks are like, who is that? He was he was kicking ass back in our day. Born in 1931 from, can't pronounce it, F, sorry, Effeld, Efren, Effeld, Pennsylvania. Oh just CPA. He's, he's somewhere in Pennsylvania. He, he was the 11th kid out of 15. Imagine that, okay? They were so poor, they would share socks. Yeah. I think he wore a dress one time. No, maybe that was somebody else. No, and he their did. father his... shaved their heads and hoped they wouldn't get lice. He wore his sister's dress to school one time because they didn't, there was no, like you said, it was, they didn't, they ain't no nothing clean over there. Oh, go, go get sissy's dress. His dad was Lithuanian and his mom was actually born in Pennsylvania, but her parents were from Lithuania. And his dad died when he was 10. Imagine that. It's you know where 50. he went after that? He went to the coal mine. Exactly. Yes. And he was actually the first m- member of his family to graduate from high school. He also served in the Air Force, didn't he? He was in the Army uh, Army Army. during World War II. He was a tail gunner. Tail gunner. And actually flew 25 missions over Japan. Charles Bronson, very famous actor back in our day. After the war, that's when he joined. Do you know how he got into acting? When he came back from the war, he was started doing scene painting in Atlantic City. Mm -hmm. And so he just saw... Look at that over there. There's some acting going on. Here's a side note. He shot, shared an apartment with Jack Klugman. Oh, really? Yeah. Another one for you young people out there. Uh, he was on a show that we liked back in the day called The Odd Couple. So that's pretty cool. Great movies from Charles Bronson from, I guess, the 60s, right? The Magnificent Seven. Right. The Great Escape. The Dirty Dozen. It's when they made men real men. Ooh. They were tough. Later on in the 70s, Charles Bronson was pulling in a million dollars of film. That was big bucks yes, back in the 70s. Yes, big bucks back in the day. Charles, of course, Charles Bronson, he had pay dirt with Death Wish. Right. And then we went Death Wish 2, Death Wish 3, Death Wish 4, Death. I'm just kidding. I think it was only nice. four. Len, check it out. This Charles Bronson, this man came... From absolutely nothing, served our country and made it to the top. And that makes Charles Bronson one tough son of a bitch. 
We're doing what you watched again, and I watched um, Spirited with uh, Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. Sorry, and Octavia Spencer. It was pretty good. It was the retelling of the Dickens tale. It was modernized. It was like looking at what you know and heaven is like when they pick out who they're gonna like. They have a whole year to prepare to go haunt somebody to change their life and to becoming a better person. And they, and they all of a sudden pick Ryan Reynolds, and they Will Ferrell and the whole gang come to show him a better way of life. Is this real? Spirited? Yes, it was on Apple TV. Why does Ryan Reynolds need to be a better person? Because the, he's a character, is an awful person. Oh, oh, I thought it was like real life. No, <laughs> no, it's called acting. <laughs> Anyway, just, just, it's pretty good. There's a lot of musical numbers, which you couldn't expect with the two of them, but they pull it off. They're dancing. They're singing. That's cool. They're both and, funny, and, too. And they're, and they're, you know, hey, you you did a good job with that. You know, they're self-effacing. <laughs> anyway, gosh. it reminds me, there's a favorite musical of mine when I was a little kid called Scrooge from 1970 with um, Albert Finney as Ebenezer Scrooge. It's kind of a redone version of that with a modern uh dickensian tale oh okay it's it's pretty What's you know it it's on? it's on apple tv Boo. it's you know it's like a 69 on rotten tomatoes it's not the best thing in the world but it's pretty it's for you know christmas fair it's pretty <clears throat> good all right give it give it a look see spirited on apple tv all right this week's cocktail of the week carabino right correct Created by tiki bartending legend Martin Kate. Cafe. Cat. Kate. Kate. Can you really be a tiki bartending legend? Is it um, <laughs> evidently you can. You can. I, I think you can there at Smuggler's Cove in Whitechapel in San Francisco. Okay. All right. So, uh, Martin, you got something? No. Mm-mm. Tall version of, of a daiquiri. All right. This one is a shaker. So get your shaker out, fill it with ice, and add a shot of rum, two shots of coconut water. Right. Not familiar. A like a half shot, quarter shot of lime juice, half shot, quarter shot of drum roll, please. The wifey's favorite ingredient. Simple syrup. So add your rum, your coconut water, <clears throat> excuse me, lime juice. And simple syrup into your shaker, and you know what to do. Shake the shit out of it, and pour it into like a sort of tall, slender cocktail glass if you have one. Yeah, today we're using a um, mojito glass. So. And bam, you've got the carabino. Now, wifey made one for us today, so you're so lucky. We're going to do a tasting of the carabino. I can say I've never touched it. I've had it made it for myself before last summer so i don't mind rum i don't mind lime and some syrup which is like in every drink we ever put on this show but (laughs) coconut water that's a no let's see what happens not bad it's not bad it's like a refreshing that is a summer drink that's a tiki bar drink it's a tiki bar it's it's like a mojito i'm gonna slam this all the way down (laughs) It's like a, it's like a light tiki bar versus more of the sugary stuff. So, yep it it's it feels like it's going to be too sweet, but it's not. It's not. No. All right, thank you, Cat. You're welcome. The Carabino, give it a try. That was a good one. 
All right, this week we were bumpered in to some bluegrass, the Foggy Mountain Boys, formed in 1948. You got Lester Flat on guitar and vocals and Earl Scruggs on banjo. And I should just shut up and we should just play like like 30 minutes of their stuff. Two of the most talented gentlemen to ever pick up an instrument, the Foggy Mountain Boys. They had I know a, I know you guys all saw <laughs> them on the Beverly Hillbillies. Hell yeah. <laughs> Paul Warren on fiddle, Josh Graves on dobro, Jake Tullock on stand-up bass, love the stand-up bass, can't play it, and Curly Sector on mandolin. That is the Boggy Mountain Boys. This awesome bluegrass band, when they came on stage in the 50s and 60s, they just got up there and kicked ass and took names later. One of the most influential bluegrass bands ever, Lester and Earl, you know, everybody should know they played with Bill Monroe and the Bluegrass Boys. Now, you'll never ever hear me say anything bad about Bill Monroe. Not in this state, anyway. Well, maybe you will. <laughs> I don't think he shared the purse money equally with the Bluegrass no, he Boys. Considers him or considered himself right. the father of bluegrass. And- so Lester Flat and Earl Scruggs, they left. And went and picked up two Grammys, inducted, of course, into the Country Music Hall of Fame. And if you've never even tried bluegrass or any kind of grass, <laughs> that part, try, give it a try, okay? Whatever kind of music you like, j- just check these dudes out, the Foggy Mountain Boys. All right, we want to thank everybody for listening. And we will see you all down the road. See ya.